Hello, Warriors. How you guys doing this afternoon? This is Latrice Carter with Horror Movie Warriors, and I hope you guys are having a great day today so so far, a great weekend so far. Um, today, uh, uh, we are going to be discussing Insidious, The Last Key. And I am discussing this um, terrifying movie with Miss Ingrid Hubert, with Mr. McMack, and with Marlene Miller. Say hello to the listeners, guys. Hello there. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> well, y'all, uh, this movie was terrifying. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I, I thought it was more scarier than the first three, uh, if I'm to be honest. Um, Maybe not as scary as the first one, because the first one was um, a little scary, too. But two and three wasn't really as scary as the first one, in my opinion. But this one was, oh, my gosh, it was, uh, it, it had lots of good jump scares. Uh, would you guys agree with that? Um, uh, Mick Mac, I'll go to you first, since you're the only man <laughs> among us women here. Uh, what do you think of um, Insidious, The Last Key? I can Uh oh, you're going in and out, um, Mick. We can't really hear you. Are you hearing me now? Yes, I'm hearing you now. Okay. Yeah, this was my first time to watch since the original release, so I've kind of forgotten about what. What, what had happened, but after sitting back and watching it, it was really good. The camera work was good, the acting was good, the story was actually pretty heavy. There was a lot of really drama, dramatic things going on, and yes. on top of scary, but, but yeah, overall, it was a really good movie. I liked it a lot. Yes, yes. Uh, and Miss Ingrid, how about you, uh, ma'am? Uh, what do you think of Insidious Latsky? Did you think that it was more terrifying? Then the first three, or what did you think? I I agree. It it was pretty terrifying. It was very deep. You know, it was you know letting us know about um, how Elise became to be who she was. Um, and I I really thought that it gave you a lot to think about too. So. Yeah, I agree also with Mr. Mac. It it was pretty pretty horrifying and pretty you know, make gave you a lot to think about, you know, to see most how definitely. a person evolved. So most definitely. And and uh Marlene, how about you girl? What do you think about um Insidious Delasky? I, I haven't seen it before this podcast, so like it, it was uh Oh uh, I don't think I've, I've seen the first one, but I don't think I've seen... Two, what is this, the fourth installment? Yeah, this is the fourth okay. one. I don't think I've seen two or three. But, um... There's a lot of uh, symbolic messages, undertones in this movie. Yes. That, I, that um, I didn't really recognize at first until, like, last night when I was deep diving. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I, 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 I mean... Uh, oh, first of all, first... Uh, I want to tell you that uh, Insidious 3 is on Tubi right now. So go ahead and watch it while you can, while it's free. Uh, but, um, but but yeah, I, I am with you 
um, 100%, um, Marlene. There's just, um, so, and Mr. McMack has said it too. There's just so many um, uh, uh, messages, deep messages, uh, and, and drama, and good um, family dynamics. I love it when a movie can have that family dyna- dynamic. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love um, the Rocky movies. That's one of the movie, uh, one of the main reasons why I fell in love with um, the Fast and the Furious movies. It's because I love when uh, a family, even if it's not bi- a biological family, even if it's you know just a self-made family, I love that. I love you know, and and Elise didn't just have her biological family; she has a family that she had made with Specs and Tucker. So I, I, I really, right. yeah, I really, really, really love that. Uh, well, uh, let's get into um, the real questions here. Uh, um, well, before I do that, let me backtrack. Um, Insidious The Last Key was released on January the 5th, 2018. And it stars, of course, our, the lovely Lynn Shay, uh, Lee Winnell, and Bruce Davison. Uh, and all of them are just phenomenal in this movie. Uh, but uh, who is your favorite character in the, in the movie? Uh, Mick, uh, again, we'll go with you first um, for answering the question. Uh, who is your favorite character? Uh, well, I mean, every like you said, everyone loves Lynn Shay. Any role that she's in, she's just she's oh, yeah. going to steal every scene that she's in. So, phenomenal. Great character, but but I would really like to say I love Specs and Tucker just in his duo. Just great, great little comic relief. And even though and they were trying, you know, they were staying professional, staying focused, but they also had that little brotherly bigger going on. It was just watch. So they're shooting every time they're screaming. Especially anyone at all, Uh oh, you're going in and out again, Meg. We can't hear you. Can you hear anything? I, I, I can hear you now. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just Specs and Tucker, my favorite characters. I really love Lee Winnell. I'm always a fan of Oh, yeah. Lee Winnell, I tell you what, uh, Meg, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, Lee Vanell, I I, I know, know he loves horror movies, and you can tell that he loves horror movies because he's directed them, he's written them, and everything. But I think he missed his calling as a comedian <laughs> because yeah. he because he's real so good at it. He's so good at it. But that's how you know that somebody is a terrific actor when they can go from scaring you to laughter just like that you know that that's that's pretty amazing in my book yeah uh so uh 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 miss ingrid uh who is your favorite character in in city well i mean i know that like you said the family dynamic um i like the combination of uh elise uh and i love the fact that she has sex and tucker lee wanell and angus Samson, I believe that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the combination of them together. 
you know, so all three of them, you know, are pretty much my favorite when it comes to a combination of, of dealing with doing the movies together with, um, you know, with the Insidious Last Key and with all of them within these movies, they show a lot of family, you know, and it, they, it's like she has two sons, you know, Lynch has two respects and Tucker, you know, so the combination of all three of them together make the favorite characters for me, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, with that in mind, um, and also Lynn Shea, she's my top one because of the fact it shows her whole dynamic and how, like I said, how she evolved to become who she was, you know, and with her mama behind her, you know, it really enriched me to show how she became who she was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's my top, and then she got the two uh, specs and tougher. So, I'm gonna say all three of them are my favorite characters. Right. And Marlene, how about you, girl? Who is your favorite character in Insidious Delasky? I do agree with the Specs and Tucker, but I think now I'm going to have to say uh, Audrey, the mother. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it just shows you the power of uh, love, a mother's love. Yes, and, uh, you're right about that. Was, you're right about that. How she was like supportive, but also wanted her to be cautious of her gift, you know? Mm-hmm. She wasn't scared of it. She thought it was special. Yeah. Yes, I, I I agree. I agree. Audrey was a very prominent character in the movie. Uh, right. Probably just as important as Elise was herself. So, well, okay. So, who is? Uh, oh. Let me tell you my favorite character. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> my favorite character, my favorite character was Specs. Um, like I said, I agree with what Mick said wholeheartedly. You know, Specs was uh, actually both of them together. Specs and Ann Tucker, they both had that com- comedic timing with each other. But however, Specs was just. He was a doll. <laughs> I, I love. I loved how he just hauls off and kisses. Um, uh, who was? Who, who did he kiss? Was it Imogene? I think it was Imogene, right? He kissed yeah. Imogene. Yeah, it was Imogene. Yes, I just. Uh, I, I love. <laughs> I love that he just had the courage to just kiss her. <laughs> and then, uh, but but more than that, I love that he was funny. I love the comedic uh, timing. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just think he kind of missed his calling there. Leave now, if you're listening to this podcast, you have to do stand up sometime. I, I, I'm just, I'm just right? putting it up there. That's so true. <laughs> I would, I would come to see you in a night uh, in a comedy club, sir. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I would love to see you in Texas primary weekend. Yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. Has, right, he, has he ever been there? Mick, you've been there a lot more times than I have, so you probably know. Uh, has he been there? He's never been there the years that I've been. Oh, okay. 
I would love to see Lindsay there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would love it. I would love it. And, and from our mouths to God's ears to John Lloyd's, you know, whatever he needs to do <laughs> to, to make it happen. To make it happen. But um but yeah, uh okay, so who is everybody's least favorite character? And uh, Marlene, I'll start with you um, uh, on this one. Who was your least favorite character in Insidious, the last key? I was going to say it was Elisa's father, but like I said, after doing deep diving, I'm just now going to say it's Key Face. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I said, Key Face influenced the, the men for some reason. I don't know why he targeted men. But he's not forcing them to behave that way. Just unlocking their darker impulses, the unconscious, right. animalistic mm-hmm. desires. And I also right. think it's a coincidence that the demon's lair is the bone shelter basement. Mm-hmm. It's like her father's psyche with his strongest emotions. And the literal place where he put and he kept his victims uh, hidden at a sub level uh, that isn't visible from the mm. surface, like hiding. He's hiding himself, and he's also trying to hide his victims. And it's the same basement that he locked up the police, punishing her. He wanted to keep her psychic gifts locked away, probably so she wouldn't discover his own submerged secrets. Yes. Right. Yep. But yeah, Keyface had the the power to do all that. Um, I also looked into it, like I was thinking like keys. I was trying to think of. Unlocking doors. Yes, I wrote, uh, you know, at least encounters a variety of keys during the movie that allows her to go deeper into the further, the house, her past, the hideous mm-hmm. truth about her father. Keys mm-hmm. unlock doors. They unlock suitcases. They unlock chains. They unlock cages. But most importantly, mm-hmm. they unlock the truth. And when That's that truth right. Unlocked, when that truth was unlocked, Keyface got really mad and was using the keys to mute the women took their mm-hmm. voices and silenced them yep. and it took uh, in order to restore that voice another woman who knows the truth literally becomes a whistleblower mm-hmm. yep. right that is that's now that's awesome Marina. that is awesome I, I uh, and and um uh, I, I agree. Keyface was just, uh, he was uh, a trickster. And, and that's what yes. de- the devil is. The devil tricks us into thinking, you know, one thing when it can be further from the truth. You know, whatever we're thinking, whatever negativity that we're thinking, you know, or whatever negative stuff that we're doing that we know that we're not supposed to do you know that's the devil right there the devil just he does have people don't realize this but the devil does have influence now he can't make us do stuff but he can influence us to do stuff just in case in point key face he influenced uh ted garza and gerald to do what they did like like I said, you know, like, like I say, you know, 
it does it's not a justification for them doing it but that is what it is what it is they were influenced by an evil entity to do that you know what i'm saying he got into the lease for a little bit there too remember he gave her that stack to get her mother there oh yeah when she lost herself for a minute yep he looked like he was getting stronger like he was, like he liked it mm-hmm. he was feeding into that anger and that fear and whatnot making him right and all he did what? was put the stick in her hand he didn't tell her you know hit him just be close like i have this stick right right and uh well mick who was your least favorite character in uh insidious the last key i think i probably have to agree with both of you uh so the movie just came I'm sorry, Mick, I couldn't hear you. I heard a little bit of what you said, but I couldn't hear a, a lot of it. his 
influence to get her to do what he wanted her to do and how he wanted to unlock all those doors, which he had some influence with everyone that was down there. So there's backstories to everything, how even little Dalton at the end, where the door was, where she opened the door and she didn't uh, close the door after the fact when she opened it. And um, he, he, he utilized any type of darkness that the person may have had um, to um, unlock those dark secrets of anything that the person may have hidden within their mind and use the psyche in order to in order to make those horrible dreams or those horrible um, insinuations within their mind, he wanted right. to feed off of that. So with him wanting to feed off that, that's why he wanted a leak and she, she was hitting her father with the cane. He was enjoying that. He was like, everybody that was down, he wanted that. And that's how he states, uh, I'm a believing part of how he became who he was because he wanted to unlock everyone's darkness about them. So exactly, and, and that's what made Keith so dang dangerous. Right, and I anything that has anything to do with Keith in it, I did not like, and that's part of what probably will be part of the thing um, that we'll talk about with the question. Um, what was my least favorite thing? Right. Anything dealing with key faith mm-hmm. would be my answer. Right, right. Uh, and, and, uh, and of course, um, I, um, I agree with you all. You know, key face on, you know, he was the uh, benevolent, um, I think I said the right word right, benevolent, yeah, benevolent character. Word. You know, he was the character that, the demonic character, if you will. Uh, he, um, you know what and he was i guess you know calling the shots you know especially where uh ted garza and gerald were were concerned because he had them under his control you know right and and he did at one point have elise under control too but elise she cut it off at the root and she said you can uh you can starve you know, I'm not that's going right. to give you any more power. And, and, and that's exactly what we have to do with the devil, guys. We've got to stop giving him so much of our power. Right. You know, we've, we've just got to, you know, uh, uh, and the best way we can do that, actually, is, is to just love God. Love God. Love what is good love what is pure and holy and uh and love each other that's first and foremost because if we're if we're stuck um you know uh at each other's throats all the time well then he's won the enemy has won and yeah and that's why i was um uh that's another reason why i love elisa's character it's because yeah. she is, um, you know, she she's not mean. She's not cold-hearted, like Marlene said. Uh, uh, her mom was the what was the uh, motivator or the protector in her life. So she learned a lot of, of what she 
a, a, a lot of what she knew, she learned from her mom. Her mom right. didn't judge her at all for her gifts. Uh-oh. Like Marlene said, her mom was like, you know, your gift is special. You know, so she always thought, although she probably, you know, uh, she probably wanted to run from it too. Like in Insidious 3, which we'll probably talk about Insidious 3 next year on the podcast. But, but, um, but, but, you know, she, and, uh, but on that one, she wanted to run away from her gift, you know, for right. a little minute there. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, but when it all comes down to it, she embraced it and she embraced others. Like she didn't have to um, accept Tucker and Spence. She didn't have to All accept right. them, but she did. Even though they were flawed, they were kind of fakes in the beginning, but she made them not so much fake. You know, she made right. them what they were actually. So, so yeah. So yeah, I agree. My least favorite character is on uh, key face but but also though also and i have to throw this out there because uh i, I really did not like gerald either so nope. <laughs> i didn't like gerald, gerald at a, all a total oh he was a jerk he's a jerk mm-hmm. face uh <laughs> well okay so what is everybody's favorite scene in Insidious, uh, uh, the last key. Um, Mr. B- McMath, we'll go to you again for, uh, first for this one, hon. Uh, uh, what was your favorite scene? Uh, I'd probably say my favorite scene is also my favorite scare, which, yes. was, which was Elise when she was uh, in that little tunnel area and she discovered all the suitcases in her house. So I'm looking back at her. The whole scene was just really good. It was really creepy. He's totally creepy. Suitcase one by one, and finding for Every time she closed the, the lid, she pulled the flashlight up, and you know, she would see anything. Go to the next suitcase. You could tell there was something coming. It was a good build up to a really effective jump scare. Finally, opened up that last suitcase. Whatever that was grabbed by the floor. I thought that was good. That was probably my favorite scene and my favorite jump scare. <laughs> and how about you, Miss Ingrid? What was your favorite scene in um, uh, Insidious key? My favorite scene is when uh, Audrey, she let her kids know, especially little Christian with the whistle, that she had given him for when he got scared. And when she was explaining to him, she was also explaining to Elise at the same time, is that she would be there no matter what. Once they blew that whistle, when 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 she felt that her kids were being threatened, that no matter where she was, and she didn't intend on dying that Mm -hmm. night. So, when she explained to Christians, also was talking to Elise and saying that I will be there for you, just blow that whistle three times and I'll come a running, you know. Mm-hmm. And she believed in protecting her kids. You could feel her love for her children, and especially even with Elise for having the gift that she had that she told, This is between you and me, you know. 
that that scene when she was talking to her kids at the beginning of the movie was you know, one of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of my also it, it, it intertwines as at the end of the movie when Elise was in trouble and she blew that whistle and her mother was like right there. I mean, she just came. You know, there was no hesitation or anything. She was right there. She so was that right also there. in front with my favorite thing. You know. So yeah, her love for her children, that became my uh favorite passion for that movie with her being there for her kids. I, I, I know that's right, Ms. Ingrid. Yes, 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 yes. Well, we're going to take one little break, and then Marlene, when we get back, I'll ask you um, what was your favorite scene, and then, of course, I'll give my favorite scene, too. We will be right back after this, y'all. Do you guys love horror toys? Are you a horror collector? Well, there's a store in Allen, Texas named Elm Street Toys that sells all things horror. You can buy action figures, Chucky dolls, board games, and even air freshener. Elm Street Toys is ridiculously in- inexpensive. You guys can get a Mezco 172 Collective Halloween 2 Michael Myers for $89.99 off of their website. Their website is www.mstreetoys.com. If you guys can't make it into, into the store, you guys can definitely go on their website and shop until you drop. Again, the name is Elm Street Toys. The location is Allen, Texas. And if you guys cannot get to the store, the website is www.elmstreettoys.com. Enjoy your horror toys. All right, guys, we are back. And uh, Marlene, what is your favorite scene of um, of Insidious the Last Key? Uh, I was going to agree with Miss Ingrid about the about Audrey, her mom. But also, I guess when Christian finally made up to, at the end, too. Like, oh, yeah. 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 But that sucks that it was just so much time wasted, too. Like, I wonder how come they didn't get in touch before, or maybe he was just still, like, that upset with her. So I don't know why she didn't want to reach out before. Well, you you know, I uh, got, what I got from it was he was very upset with her. Because, like you said, you know, he didn't think that it was real. You know, he didn't think that what she was saying was real. So all he knew was that, you know, he was young. And she was scaring him, and then she left, and right. he was—he had to deal with a, a real monster, which was his yep. dad. You know, so that's all that he knew. 
you know, he didn't know anything else until, you know, years and years later when all of this happened with his daughters and everything like that. So, so I, I couldn't really blame Christian for, you know, feeling like she had abandoned him and, right. and, you know, and feeling like, Hey, you, you tortured me with all these stories, you know, quote unquote stories. Mm-hmm. But now his daughter is doing the same thing, right? So now, you know, it's like, what is going on? Why is this happening? Why is she now telling these quote unquote stories? You know, and so, you know, I I, I think it is genetic. Yeah, I I think he, you know, uh, I I think he was pretty much, um, now him, I think he was justified and feeling the way that he was feeling, you know, and feeling abandoned, you know. That, that that's how I think, though. That's how I feel. Yeah. So I, I hope that answered your question, Marlene. <laughs> yeah. I believe it did. I mean, Christian, like you said, had to deal with a real monster, even though he didn't really want to accept the other monsters that were also within his life and. He was left with a big burden once the loose left. Yeah, know. I'd say. And, and, <laughs> I'll and, say he he was left with a very big burden. It was a very real monster, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, uh, Mick Mac, what was your favorite scene? Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I already got to you. I'm sorry, it's my turn. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, my favorite part was, um, actually, you know what? I watched it again earlier today and I I was going to put my favorite part as being when, um, when Elise sees Dalton in one of the doors that she opened near the end of the movie, because I love that tie in. I love that it tied in to the first two, um, Insidious, and then it lets us know that there will be a fifth one, which came out last week, guys. Um, But, uh, but in watching it again, I really, really, really loved the scene where Spex kills Ted Garza. Yes. Yeah. I really, really, really love that scene, and and I love that um Elise told him you know there are real demons in this world you know not just right. the spiritual world but the real world as as well and mm-hmm. and you stopped one of them yeah which he did and he stopped on one of them and I um I, I that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie gotta say mm-hmm. So, so who was every what was everybody's least favorite scene and uh marlene well i'll come to you uh for for this one uh for this question girl who was your uh uh what was your least favorite scene in insidious the last key i had written down um any time that her father was like abusing her like i said it was kind of triggering um, I thought it was just, it was just too much, too. It was like, 
not only was it like physical abuse, it was like psychological abuse too. Like yeah. my child wants to be locked down in their basement. Right. And um, she still has the scars on her back as an yeah. older lady. Oh, and this no, I didn't see that. Oh my goodness, I didn't see that. I think so for the shirt. She's sitting yeah, on the bed. Oh yeah. Okay. I must have her dream. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I did see that. Mm-hmm. And then of course when her mom dies too, like I just how sad that was. You know how, how crappy that's gonna have to be afterwards for both of them. Like the only one that understands her is gone now. Right. Yes, I I, I understand that completely, Marlene. Yes. And uh, uh, Mr. McMack, how about you, sir? What was your least favorite scene in Insidious, the last key? Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, Marley there. What was good about this Insidious franchise is that it all revolves around Elise's character. And this was a great movie because we got to see where she came from, you know, her upbringing. But that was really hard to watch. Just the abuse that she went through, like Colleen said, not only physical, but psychological, emotional. She was really traumatized. And that opening scene where she's basically getting beaten and then locked in the basement by her father, and it was really hard to watch. I was I was almost I was almost put to tears watching that. It was really tough. So but it, uh, it makes you understand Elise's character better. You kind of see why she seems a little disconnected and why she has you know, kind of a sadness about her. Yes. And so, yeah, that opening scene where she was being abused and just the screams of, no, Daddy, please don't put me in there. Please don't lock me in there. And Painful. It, oh, it was gosh. Hard. It really was hard to watch. Gut wrenching is what it was for me. Yeah, yeah. gut wrenching. I just, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, before I get to you, Miss Ingrid, I, I just want to put this out there that, um, uh, yeah, uh, um, I, and you know, um, I usually love um, the beginning sequences, especially when we know that it's going to be a scary movie, and you, you know, um, you know, I love for a movie to scare us right off the bat. And and this one did, you know. But however, I also hated. It. I hated watching it. I hate, you know. I, I um, I, as a matter of fact, um, because I've been watching the movie all this week, and every time, you know, uh, I I play it, I have to find something else to do while it plays because I do not like watching, you know, uh, kids get beat, especially by their uh, you know, parents, you know, uh, you know, somebody who's supposed to love and protect them, you know, and, and he just didn't do that. He, he was the one that she needed protecting from, you know, and, and that, that hurt my mama heart, as I always say. So, uh, but, uh, and Miss Ingrid, uh, oh, if you're able to, if you're able to, Miss Ingrid, because I know you're busy right now, but um, if you're able to, what was your least favorite scene? My least favorite scene was anywhere where Keyface interrupted the family dynamic or anything in anybody's life, period. He had all those red doors, all those red doors where people 
with backstories as to how they ended up there. And when he discovered anybody's darkness that was within him, he always had to have that control. His fingers also are stories, you know, with all those different keys and everything, because he was able to turn off uh, Melissa's voice box, you know, and to put her in a coma. So he was able to take away from people. He was able mm-hmm. to, as pardon my, say he raped people mentally, you know, and also in a, making them have an inability of being able to control their, what was ever going on with them because he took away the religion of these people and he destroyed anything that where these people had any kind of darkness about them he was able to feed off of that you know and feeding off of just like he said off of they uh heard that came to beat her father with because he beat her you know that tore me up inside as well you know because he he just and ran with it you know and um like i said key face was oh he was a he made he made the monster come you know so even though Gerald was a monster from the get go he made him even more oh yeah uh, made him even more of a monster causing him to do all that uh, the the abuse on his family and uh, he was able to utilize what Gerald did as a living you know so. Anything that that where he faced destroyed anything that was my that was my least favorite scenes with him in it. Amen to that. I, I tell you what, uh, uh, because it you know it's the truth. Key face was the monster behind the monster. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Okay, so uh, even though we didn't have many, we didn't have many deaths in this movie at all. There were only uh, like what two, two, maybe three deaths, but I, I think I only counted two. Uh, but there were a lot of um, jump jump scares. So we talked about one of them with uh, uh, Mick Mac, Mac with Mick Mac and and Miss Ing, uh, Ingrid uh, and uh, Marlene. Um, I think you guys were talking about the the suitcase. Um, scene oh uh, yeah oh. <laughs> well uh did anybody else have any other um jump scares that they uh like it scared them but you loved it uh like me i i i gotta say i loved when um it scared me but i loved it too when uh when key face got uh a hold of melissa and threw her against the uh against the wall there I, it scared me, but I actually really liked that I jumped. <laughs> and so, uh, the first jump scare, like, um, you know, I was saying with the uh, little boy running in the background, but the music kind of helped it too because it was all quiet. I should have felt it coming. Yeah. It made me literally jump and cuss. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> that hardly ever happens anymore. Like, I can usually tell when it's going to happen. But to make me actually cuss to that. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> <made me> <laughs> oh, yes. 
And and uh, and Mick, I, I I do agree with you too on the the suitcase scene. Oh my gosh, phenomenal uh, jump scare. <laughs> it was just a great setup because you knew that something was coming, but you know you didn't know when it was going to happen. So it kind of took me by surprise, and it was just perfectly timed. And just I was sitting on my couch, the lights were out, I had TV turned up, so it, I jumped out of my seat. I literally jumped out. Of my seat. Uh, the perfect setup for a jump scare. I tell yeah. you what. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Well, we've come to my last question already. Um, how does insidious the last key pertain to the Bible? And I'll, I'll go ahead and um, uh, uh, answer first, guys. Um. This movie has had me wondering what's the real difference between being a psychic and being a true prophet of God. Mm-hmm. Well, the word instructs us to not believe every spirit. First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many, pros- uh, many false prophets have gone out into the world. If they don't glorify God, or if they aren't saying what the Lord says according to his will, chances are they are fake. Uh, and, and some people count on psychics, you know, uh, and, and which is a sin in itself. You know, we're not supposed to count on psychics. We're supposed to count on God. And, um, and uh, uh, you know, some people just count on psychics for answers in their lives. But the Bible is clear. Um, it's Leviticus 19 and 31 says, Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and to make yourselves unclean by them. For I am the Lord your God. You know, uh, but I, I will say this about Elise. I, I love the fact that she... Um, uh, uh, she did not take any money from anybody, at least not from what I saw, even on the first insidious when she was helping, um, Josh and his wife out with Dalton. I don't think that she took any money or anything like that. I just think that she, she can't help what she sees, you know, she can't help what she knows. And, um, and you see that even uh, um, in part three, three. I, I keep mentioning part three, and we haven't even discussed it on any of my podcasts yet. But um, but um, in part three, there was this girl who was trying to communicate with her mother, and uh, it, uh, yes, and um, and and Elise didn't, you know, she she had stopped doing that for a time. And, you know, I don't want to get into um, part three or anything like that. But uh, that I just uh, wanted to show how some people will just kind of like count on the psychic instead of God, you know. That's right. And and that's not how it's supposed to go. That's not why 
that's why God said that it is it is a sin because it it you know it's idol worship actually is what it is you know we tend to you know set these people up on a pedestal you know because they know stuff you know right right so that's so true so i think that is where the sin comes in and and actually you know um placing this psychic ability above god you know so that's my thought anyway hopefully uh you guys hopefully it made sense to all of you <laughs> yeah i did Okay. Well, and, uh, well, uh, Miss Ingrid, uh, do you have an opinion on how it could pertain to the Bible at all? Yeah, I, I do. I have uh, Luke uh, chapter 15, verse 14, and it said, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country? and go after that lost one until he finds it. So in my opinion, you're gonna go after that one because you already have 99 strong that believe in God. And if that one is uh, either um, convinced to walk away from the hundred, you will go after that one to bring it back into the fold. Yeah. And I, you know, God, well, Jesus did that, you know, he, he always saved the one, you know, right. and being that you saved the one, you know, and bring it back to, to make it the hundred strong, you know, that shows the love that Jesus has for the lost soul. And, um, I believe the same thing is that I would save the one that is lost you know and i would use the word of god and the love of jesus and the love of god to help bring the one that has been that has strayed away due to some kind of influence you know and of course key faith is always the one that goes after the one he won't go after the strong he will go after that one and um, that always gave me, you know, that gave me, um, that that showed me the care that Elise would do. Like you said, she didn't ask for money. She had that faith of going in and bringing back that lost soul, you know. And um, it, it shows that the influence of a demon made no difference to her except to get that demon out right. and make that demon know that you have no control here you do not rule anything right you know the same with the devil the devil has to know that you don't rule you have no power he has no power none no you know power. we uh we we as christians we have the authority over um satan and he right. knows it too he knows it so that's what scares him you know mm -hmm. having that one to say uh i don't think so 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Well, and Marlene, how about you, hon? How do you uh, feel like it pertains to the Bible? I got I got two of them. Um, I got Revelation chapter twenty, verse one through three. It says, "Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the abyss, and shut it and sealed it over him." so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he was he must be released for a short time. Um, and that I think that would happen if someone is weak enough to like open that seal, you know? Right. Or, uh, or influenced enough um, to open it. Mm-hmm. I got another one. Um, Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 43 through 45. And this one is, um, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through a waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes and finds the house empty, swept, and put in order, then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. Yeah, and you know what? I um I, I think um we're in that generation now actually, because you know it seems like things are just getting worse and worse. I mean I, just today I w- I heard about um or I read about uh a uh, a mother who uh or I'm sorry, no, a, a ten year old boy who got who was shot multiple times by his um ex by by his mother's ex-boyfriend oh my lord who does that to a 10 year old he's still alive but he is in critical condition that's what i hear anyway oh uh, my but, lord um, that, mm. but yeah yeah it's a, it, i mean and it's getting sicker by the day you know so i i i, I I do think that that uh, scripture that you just read, um, uh, Marlene, it, it it kind of and it kind of it fits the movie too because you know uh, I'm sure that you know Elise thought that you know for a moment there she had forgotten that you know that her uh, that her father beat her you know but then it all came rushing back to her you know and you know I I I don't know. I, I don't know. I just... She she remembered that knowing that when Ted Garza called her and she oh, wrote yeah. the pencil as she was writing, mm-hmm. all that stuff came flooding back to her. Yep. And, and you, you know the and the demons, uh, they don't care. Demons don't care that uh they're you know that they're kind of the or they are the devil's imps, right? 
so mm-hmm. they don't care that they could care care less you know just like the devil could care less about you know any of us you know oh they don't care they just know that they again they they have puppets exactly you know? And, and, and Mr. McMack, do you have any, and now if you don't have an opinion, hon, you know you do not have to answer the question, but but I will ask, um, do you have an opinion on if um, uh, Insidious Lasky pertains to the Bible? I mean, I don't, I don't really have any scripture on hand, but I'm sure there's plenty of scripture that can, you know, you've, you've all kind of covered pretty much everything that uh, yeah. scripture would say <laughs> about how to fight off demons and that's the last scene in the movie really kind of showed that, you know, when Elise was in the further and she was dealing with the key face demon and she realized that all the hatred and all the trauma she had dealt with. And even that one moment where the demon had control over her and she was beating her father with the cane, you know, like getting revenge on him. And she real, and then she realized in that moment that all she was doing was giving the demon more power. Right. Right. That's when she stood to the demon and said, I'm not going to feed you any more of this hatred and this pain. You can F and starve. And yeah. that right. took his power away. So, yes. Because he clenched his hands. That's how you fight off demons, is you take the power away and mm-hmm. you can't do anything. Later. So, it's pretty heavy stuff. That movie was a lot heavier than I remembered it being. So I'm really glad I watched it again. So. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, um, I, I, one thing I love about doing this podcast is, uh, um, I get to watch a movie, you know, and especially if I like the movie, and if God allows me to watch the movie over and over, I will. And this is one of the movies that He allowed me to watch over and over and over and over again and uh and every time i saw it i found something new to to um to to discuss and i found something new that uh like elise elise's character uh i loved how uh patient she was yeah with uh uh, i'm not sure if he covers this um or not but i loved how patient she was with with tucker and specs you know, like, uh, uh, you know, she just um, uh, was so patient with them. And, and like, and Miss Secret, I think you said it, that she uh, was like a mother to them. And, you know, mm-hmm. and she um, was, uh, I, I love the part um, where she says, Tucker, I need you. You know, she was, <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to, you know, uh, pick up on her niece or whatever but she was like tucker i need you now you know but she didn't have that stern voice or say tucker get over here you know she didn't do no 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 she was just patient with them so i i i i love that and i i love this whole um uh discussion i i just love it <laughs> well guys we have to take one more little break and when we get back uh, it's actually time for the five fun facts so I, I will be right back with the five fun facts. Be right back, guys. All right, Warriors, we are back. And I am back with the five fun facts. Uh, 
that you know i i was i went looking on the ibdm like i always do and uh they don't really have that many fun facts for um uh insidious the last key and i think it's probably because you know i mean it's so it's fairly recent it was made back in 2018 so um that's that might be why they don't have that many and um and if i'm honest they weren't they weren't really all that interesting but i did find five that i liked anyway um yeah the the first oh can i tell you one little quick thing before you go oh sure go ahead um did you realize that the dog's name was warren i didn't get that but i'm pretty sure that's from i know you where you're going with it that's from um the conjuring series right Mm-hmm. You know, James Wan has to be part of that. You know, he produced part of the, the Insidious, The Last Key, too. He's always got something popping up with his movies. You know, well, they all produce together anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, now that is a, a, a cute fun fact <laughs> that mm-hmm. the dog's name was Warren. That's cute. Uh, uh-huh. uh, the the first fun fact that I have um, is um, various further spirits within the film within the five keys penitentiary complex that prominently uh, feature in the films various trailers. So uh, you know, various trailers had all these other further spirits, but they ended up omitted from the finalized film. Um, my fun fact number two is, although this was filmed in California, the movie takes place in New Mexico. Vehicles in New Mexico only use license plates on the rear of the car, never on the front. Wow. Um, my fun fact number three is, um, the code name used for the film was Fallout. And you guys will remember, uh, uh, and Miss Ingrid, I think you even said they um, the Fallout um, seller. You know, um, the, yeah. I, I think that's probably where that came from. They probably didn't want people to get wind that this was an insidious movie. Right. Yeah. Um, my fun fact number four is um, early in the movie when the kids are going to bed. You can see a dowel on the top of a bookshelf. Well, the dowel looks just like Sinister, which was made in 2012. And mm-hmm. guys, I must, I, I have a confession to make. I have never seen Sinister. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I know, I know. I'll have to look it up. I'll have to see if that's streaming so I can see it, so I can watch it. I know that it was on Netflix. Once upon a time, but I'm not sure if it's still on there. I know it's yeah. on Prime, and I looked it up, and HBO Max. Oh, okay, yeah. Prime and HBO Max. Okay. It's really, really good. Yeah, it is. It's a good movie. Scary too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so what kind of jump scares should I be uh, ready for, guys? <laughs> There's one. Oh. One. There's one very good jump scare that 
got everybody. I was in the theater when I watched it, and every single person in that theater jumped up out of their seat and screamed. <laughs> uh -huh. You'll know it when you see it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, and my fun fact number five is, and this is more of a spoiler than um, anything, but we spoil things on this podcast. So, you know, <laughs> so sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, early in the movie, Keyface tells young Elise that he needs her to open all the doors. Later, while trying to leave the further, she opens a red door revealing Dalton and leaves it open, which is how the lipstick face demon crosses over. Yeah, I really love that. That was it was a nice little callback to the original Insidious. It was pretty cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. They did a good job. I, I, that's, that's why I like Lee Wannell, too. He, he, he's a stickler also for things like that. Yes, uh, uh, I mean, all the actors just did so well. It, it was written really well. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we move on to the cast and crew that has passed away. And there actually is one person that has passed away. Uh, Miss um, Judith Drake. She played Waitress Pam. Um, she died on May 31st of last year, 2022. Uh, due to pancreatic cancer. Um, her age is not known, though. So. Wow. And now we move on to the grouper's reaction. I gave three um, that I'm going to read. Uh, hopefully I can find them real, real quick. Let me go through here. Yeah, here it is. Uh, my, uh, I asked my group, uh, Horror Movie Warriors, uh, have you guys seen Insidious, The Last Key yet? If you haven't seen it, I sure hope you see it before seeing the new one that just came out. For those that have seen it, though, did you think this Insidious movie was scarier than the first three? Who, who was your favorite character? Did you have a favorite jump scare? Uh, and if you've seen the new one, is it scarier than The Last Key? A and uh, I got... Um, three that I'm going to um, read. Um, Ted Whitcomb, he says, I just watched Insidious Chapter 3 on YouTube. Uh, it, it wasn't scary, uh, and it appeared to be um, a treatise on how psychics can assist with the ghost problem. It, it, it tried to be scary in places, but was not successful. So he was talking about Part 3. It's up there. Um, and, and Brittany Marsh says, I just know the first one was scarier. Both are really good, though. And she says, I look forward to watching the new one. And Miss Lise Hunt says, I have seen this, and it is really good. So those are my three grouper reaction uh, answers. Can I say something about continuity of the movie? Oh, sure. The sandwich, the ice cream sandwich that Tucker was eating was, uh, did y'all notice how the sandwich kept changing in the scene? <laughs> I didn't, but I don't know. I, I have no idea why I don't notice things like that. I can notice everything else, but I, I'm not going to notice somebody eating like that. I, girl, that's a good eye. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I noticed those things, but I didn't notice that one. 
So, yeah, and the and the Bible with Ted Garza and um, that uh, you could see that either that was like a, um, a change with him with the one scene, the Bible's under his arm, and then it's not in another scene, and then it's back in another scene. You know, oh. I'm, I'm always looking for stuff. Like that even the <laughs> boom mic. <laughs> well, so uh, I know Marlene. She uh, because she's uh, um, because because you love um, cinematography. Um, uh, uh, Marlene notices little stuff too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has y'all, y'all just things. got some good eyes. See, I need glasses whenever I watch anything. So <laughs> it's just a habit. The very first time I ever watch a movie, I watch it for pure entertainment. I don't try to analyze it. But then afterwards, yeah, I'll analyze it and, and I'll go back to like, did I just see that? Right. Right. <laughs> it, it's not analyzing, it just you know, you just happen to look and you're like, wait a minute. What's wrong with that? That's like, not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just happen to see it. It's not like I'm looking for it. You know, right. I just, yeah, right. You know. Pretty obvious. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, so. Especially in our beloved 80s horror. And, and that's yes. the truth. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Girl, we could talk for days on some of that stuff. <laughs> that's, that's you gotta laugh. 80s horror, so. Yeah. <laughs> Eighty horror will never die. It's, it's the best. It is the best. Yeah. I lo- listen. I love talking about eighty eighties horror better than I like talking about the modern horror. Sometimes, you know, like this one was actually really good. Good. I loved our discussion um today. Loved it. Um. Well, guys, that is the end of my podcast. Actually, too, I don't have any more uh, questions. No more fun facts. Um. Uh. Miss Judith. Miss Judith Drake is the only one to pass on. I don't have any more um, group reactions. So we have come to the end of my podcast. Um, uh, next week, guys, I will be discussing one of my favorite 80s horror movies, The Terminator, with, uh, you know, we all know that Arnold Schwarzenegger played in that. Uh, and... Um, uh, I'm going to be discussing it with Mick Mac. Mick Mac will be on again next week. Woo! Woo! Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Richard uh, Moylan, uh, David Hahn, and uh, Ripley. Ripley, um, uh, I forget her last name right now, but R- Ripley. Um, we'll call her Ripley from Aliens. Uh, <laughs> right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> we'll, we'll call her Ripley from Aliens. Uh, but no, she's going to... Um, be on uh next week as well so uh well until next week guys this has been latrice carter uh mick mack uh ingrid hubert and marlene miller and we will see you guys later bye guys bye y'all bye have a great saturday